Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we speak with Nada Edwards about his takes on the Charlotte Hornets. Also, the City Edition jerseys. Are they boring? Do you like them? Are you angry? We'll talk about that in the second segment. Also, Muggsy Bogues. Is he respected as much as he should be for the amount of blocks that he got in his career? And this. It, I mean, honestly, th- that's what I'm saying. I'm not angry. I'm honestly sad. I'm disappointed that this is what we have to talk about. It's Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Going to the guest line now to welcome a frequent expert. It's Nada, Nada the Scribe. You can find all of his work at Nada the Scribe on Twitter. Nada, how are you doing today? He's man? definitely frequent. Oh, frequent? Yeah, yes, frequent. You are locked on uh, again, I just heard the last rumor that you actually like, recorded a struggle ball rap over in college. We're going to dive into that immediately. That's what we're going to do. We're going to bring this rap song again. Listen, you, song you gave him the bait. Like, like, yeah. this, this is what we're going to do. This is exactly because, again, and more importantly, like your struggle bar has desecrated a, a, a really good song from what I heard. So, yeah, it was a weird day today on the wake-up call. The question was, if you could join any music group in the past, what group would it be and what instrument would you play? And I don't really want to join a music group. I would rather, and play an instrument, I'd rather join a hip-hop group and possibly be a producer or something like that. And so that's what I said. Hold hold, 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 hold on. So you wanted to be the RZA. That, that's what you. That's what you're saying. You wanted to be the RZA. Yep. yep. I wanted to be the RZA, and what happened was I decided, in a dumb, dumb mistake on my part, decided to mention to Bobby and Molly that I did record a rap song when I was in college. It was like my freshman year, sophomore year of college that me and a couple of my buddies decided to hop on a beat. It was Chief Rocka. It's not out for public consumption. Only a select few people have the song. I'm one of those. So, though, so, so when you say select few, it's underground. When, well, yeah, when you say select few, does that mean? Because I mean, I think of that like that's an exclusive virus. Nobody is ever caught. That's <laughs> good. That means like the infection of Struggle Bar cannot infect anybody else. It's just to you and your crew. I don't know what any if, of you guys are talking about. It is. If you if you make me mad, Nada, I will release it like anthrax in your mailbox. So don't make me angry. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to release it. Uh, I'm going to desecrate the Chief Rock a beat, and therefore you'll have to listen to it, and it'll get stuck in your head, man, the way that we, we, we rapped. Maybe it's not a bad idea for it to get stuck in your head. I thought I did no, a no, good no, job. No, 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 no. It is a very bad idea because I will yep. I will be very upset with you, Walker. Do not do that. Um, Please do not. Would you, be, would you be as upset as everybody else is about the gray City Edition jerseys that were released on behalf of the Charlotte Hornets? Why are people upset? Like that, I, I don't get that. Why are people upset about this? Do, have people seen like the Indiana jerseys? Have people seen the Dallas Mavericks jerseys? It could be a lot worse, guys. There were some really, really bad ones this year, and the fact that they put out a nice, like it's again, it's the forty degree day of for for <laughs> anyone that's watched The Wire. This is the forty degree day of jerseys. Like, no one cares. I'm okay with, like, a meh City Edition jersey. Like, people are going to get mad over this three-letter designation again for no reason. People are going to get mad that it's gray and it's not enough of the purple and teal, to which I somewhat get it. But considering the alternatives, 
this could have been a lot worse. And I think we need to thank our lucky stars that they went kind of middle of the road here. I don't think they're awful. I also don't think they're great. I think they're fine. I'm not mad at the Hornets for this, but it's not, it's, these aren't the types of things that I get mad about. The Hornets, Hornets Twitter is very mad about the Jersey release, calling it perfectly boring, which it is kind of just blah. You know, it's fine. There's not a whole lot of jerseys. Like, I want the loud stuff. For me, I don't even hate the Pacers jerseys. I think they're fine. Uh, wait, the Mavericks wait, 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 jerseys, wait. they're a little wild. Yeah, I said it. I don't hate the Pacers jersey. I think the Pacers jersey is fine. They look like the beginning of a level of Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, and that's cool. Do we not like Sonic? I mean, do we have a problem with Sonic? I don't think he was disparaging the jerseys. I just think he said it looked like a beginning level of Sonic. I think it's fine. So I didn't have Those any problem with that. I do like agree. Who shot John? That's what they look like. Who shot John? I don't get that reference. Um, I do agree with you in the shot, John. Uh, I'm going to move on. Nada. (laughs) (laughs) I do agree with you with the peach tree jerseys, though, with Atlanta. Like those are really sweet. And also the Nets city edition jerseys, man. The Nets just keep knocking out of the park with the biggie references like that. Those jerseys are constantly the last two years. They've leaned all the way into the biggie jerseys, and I'm here for all of it. I love them, and I, I think they probably take the award for best city edition jersey again the peach uh, peach tree jersey for atlanta is also very good but peach i don't have any problem with this like yeah peach tree is great uh doug do you have any problem with the three-letter designation like i understand that charlotte is clt but people are mad about this i have a lot of problems with this jersey i'd really like to save my thoughts for later on because i don't want to dominate the 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 precious time that we have with Nada Edwards here. I'd love to get to some other stuff with him before I, because I'm going to need a few minutes, folks. So stick oh, around because no, wow. I'm going to need a so few minutes mad. on you're these You're one jerseys. of those people that is mad on I am you're definitely, mad no, I'm not mad online. I'm mad on pod. I'm going to get mad on you're podcast. Mad on pod I've and saved well, up okay, all of my right. rage for this podcast. I'm very upset as both a fan of jerseys wow. and a fan of creativity and a fan of style and a fan of taking chances and a fan of trying to do something different. I'm very upset. Wait on it. It's segment two, baby. We'll have more from Nada in just a moment, but real quickly, I want to tell you about my bookie. You know what my favorite part about this time of year is? It's sweater weather, leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off. There's no better way to feel a better a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. You pay $100, you get hundred dollars it's really that simple use promo code locked on nba to activate the offer that's locked on nba no spaces all one word that's promo code locked on nba to double your cash visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid uh nada i'd just love to hear your thoughts on this uh hornets team right now i mean they've lost uh, a couple of games it doesn't you know we we're we're losing that (laughs) brief window of playoff hope that maybe some people had it looks like the the sheen has come off this team what are your thoughts on the last couple of losses for the charlotte hornets first things first i'm going to say something that i've said on twitter a couple of times making the playoffs would have been the only way this hornet season would have been a failure it's the only way. That's the first thing. Second, I think it's just the tape is catching up with them. 
now we're at that point where teams have multiple games of tape where there are things that I do love about this team. The, the continued growth of Malik Monk, even though you're starting to see those defensive lapses come back. Uh, Devontae Graham adjusting to be, being the first guy basically on everybody's scout sheet. I'm enjoying that despite the fact that, again, the shots aren't falling, but he's, he's adapting. He's becoming, like Doug likes to say, the second coming of Lou Williams. He's watched a lot of Lou Williams' tape. Uh, Terry coming back like after a really slow start and adjusting to pick-and-roll basketball because I didn't think his numbers were going to just come back up, but he's become a little bit more of a guy that I would probably enjoy seeing just distribute the ball a little bit more, but the fact that he's adjusting to pick-and-roll basketball is one of the fun things that I've seen so far. And the only thing that worries me about this team is Miles Bridges continues to look lost. And I think they need to start lessening what he has to do on that on the court. Because I think he's asked to do way too much. He's asked to be a three, be the best defensive guy. Then he's asked to be a four in certain certain aspects. Like there are a lot of things for him that I don't necessarily like I'd just love to see his plate lessened a lot. And I think that if we're going to start talking about things that they need to adjust, they need to start figuring out what they can do with a Miles Bridges. Maybe even have him come off the bench and start a guy like Nick Batum, who's quietly been kind of like good. Oh, uh -oh. all right. Now that's a you know that's going to be a hot take. Whenever you say Nick Batum has played well, whenever you say that Nick Batum is a benefit to this basketball team, that's going to be considered by a not insignificant portion of the Hornets commentariat as um, uh, uh, as blasphemy. So, go, so get, go a little deeper on that. Nick Batum, what have you seen from him so far? Nick Batum, like, the first things first, when we have this discussion about Nick Batum, you have to separate him from the contract. And I know it's difficult for some people to do. But when we start having this discussion about Nick Batum, you have to separate him from the contract. The fact that he's moving the ball, the fact that I've seen we've seen less turnovers from this team since his return outside of just some of the dumb turnovers we've seen in, on the first unit. But the fact that that second unit has a little bit more ball movement to it, the, fa the fact that Nick Batum has been probably their best wing defender, even in three games, better than Bridges. I mean, they don't win the Knicks game without Nick Batum's efforts. And the fact that, he, again, his shot's not falling, but... He's had one of the better plus minuses in the last three games since he's come back. I don't think that's not insignificant. I think the guy is basically, as long as you don't ask him to score, you don't ask him to score, he's fine. So, I, again, as far as that goes, like I, I just really like what he's My doing bad. right now. At my bad. There was a, a big motorcycle that just apparently went right by my way. I couldn't hear you. Oh, end that, so I thought you were going to continue to go. <laughs> I miss. See, that <laughs> makes no me miss Charlotte. You know, the, the yeah. sound of a pocket or a sound of a, what do you call those? Rockets. Uh, I don't know what that rockets. was, but it was loud. It was, my, it was in my ear, and I couldn't hear not to end that. I want to go back to Miles Bridges real quickly. So we've talked a lot about P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges being cohesive on the court and whether that would be something that would happen in the future enough to be very good for the Hornets, right? We've talked mm -hmm. about the redundancy of the selection at the time. If it was going to be the same, Miles Bridges has had a lot more put on his plate this year. 
and not really answered the bell to a lot of those degrees. And I think PJ Washington has been very good of what's been asked of him in his rookie year. Do you think that we could have a similar situation next season, Nada, where PJ Washington continues on the pace that he's on now, where he has a really good rookie year and he's doing the same things he's doing right now? Do you think that one, the Hornets would ask more of him next season? And what do you think the likelihood is of him kind of going through this Miles Bridges spell where once he is asked to do more, then he doesn't really deliver a whole lot? The, no, and I'll tell you why. Because I believe the transition for PJ Washington is to be this team's full-time center going forward. And I think he's got the body type. He's got the just the mentality, that bulldog mentality, and he plays well enough on the block to where he can do that. For P.J. Washington, it's basically a summer weight training program and a little bit more film of what he did wrong, stopping like the foul trouble issues that he does have. Like A lot of this for him is just film in a weight training program, whereas Miles Bridges is expected to do a little bit more because he plays the wing because basically of – P.J. Washington, which I think nobody expected. Miles Bridges has a lot of problems because he's asked to play three and four. And if he had, if he was just asked to play one position, I think he'd be just fine. All right, last question before we get you out of here. I know it's a long segment, but we spent too much time diving into the rap song. Dwayne Bacon was not very good. He got his minutes diminished as soon as he was injured. He didn't come back even when he was active. Came back the other night. I thought played okay. I thought there were some good defensive moments from Dwayne Bacon. What have you made of uh, what did you make of Dwayne Bacon's return as well as how many minutes are you giving him in the next couple of contests or so? I'm not taking him off the bench. I like I am honestly keeping him on the bench. And if Batum isn't ready to do the starting stuff and you move some other guys around, I mean, he's the he's the wing that I kind of want to see there on that bench wing and basically be the guy that you can rely on scoring. I'd like to see him as the second guard after Malik, quite honestly, because then you can do a few more things with him. He can play the three. He can play a little bit of the four, but that first half of that Nets game wasn't so good. The second half of that game where he actually got down, started defending like he was supposed to all year. That was the surprising part. That was the Dwayne Beckton I think we all expected. And as long as we keep him into a specific role, don't ask him to do too much, I mean, that might be the theme of the season right now. We ask too many of our young guys to do too much right now. I think once we start keeping guys to specific roles, I think this team will work a little bit better. And while they may not win as many games, it'll prepare them for going into next season properly. All right, that was Fire Friday with Nada, Nada Edwards. You can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. It was hot. We always appreciate it. Nada, thanks so much, man. We appreciate the time. No problem. No problem. Just keep the struggle bars to yourself, please. Yeah, will do. I'm not going to allow that for public consumption. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League comma a euro step into a windmill during a game end of comma oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a uh, radar, <laughs> radar. Me, of all nba yeah on the radar on the radar of <laughs> all nba fans as a nightly highlight producer yeah you're charlotte you're charlotte coming out there yeah i'm from come from uh Catawba county could so on the radar it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast 
We almost unleashed the bull. Doug was angry once as, as soon as we really brought up the jerseys, asking Nada about his thoughts on the jerseys, the city edition jerseys that the Charlotte Hornets just released. We got a little bit of a taste of it because Miles Bridges leaked the jerseys. Then we got to see the official pictures of them. They dropped some hints about it even beforehand about what was it? Something about the gray sky, cool gray, something like that. I don't know. We all knew the gray jerseys were coming and that was basically it. As far as the change of a jersey that the Hornets would wear, they're just basically the CHA purple jerseys except gray. That is what the jerseys are as far as the new ones that have been unveiled. Doug, you were very angry about this, as you mentioned in the first segment. Almost couldn't contain you. You almost spilled all of your thoughts on the jerseys in the first segment. Here's your chance. Why are you so angry? I don't even know if I would describe it as angry. I'm just so vastly disappointed by not only these jerseys, but just everything that Jordan Brand seems to be associated with when it comes to jerseys. I mean, I remember back to the All-Star jerseys that they've produced so far and they've just all been disappointingly simple disappointingly boring uh and i mean nothing to me says mediocre nothing to me says boring than the color gray like i mean i know you know teams have been able to make it work in the past i think about the dark gray and the orange combo that the tennessee volunteers put together and those looked really good because you had the you had a great contrast between that that orange pop and the dark gray, but this cool gray, like oh, gray skies. Everyone loves gray skies, right? I mean, that's that's a very attractive thing that people people feel happy, people feel great when it's gray skies outside. No, of course not. We love color. We love interesting. We love taking chances, and this is the opposite of all that. It doesn't take any chances. It's not bold. It doesn't make a statement. It doesn't say anything cultural about the city of Charlotte. The CHA. I'm sure there's some reason that they did it, but it's just as silly because CLT, everyone in the city, if this is supposed to be for the city, if this is supposed to mean something to the city of Charlotte, then it fails in every way. If it's not supposed to be that, if it has some kind of ulterior motive for the the Jordan brand and for the NBA, then fine. But, you know, if if I'm taking... At face value, what this jersey is supposed to accomplish, then to me, it fails in every way. They're disappointing. I would have liked to have seen a lot more flashiness. I want my jerseys wild. And while Dallas has a wild jersey with a wild color scheme, I like them taking that shot. I don't hate the Pacers jerseys. I think they're crazy. I want crazy. If this is going to be something different, right? If this is going to be something that's completely off the wall, where you have a lot of creative power, Look, there's clearly no restrictions for a lot of these teams and the ability that they can utilize into their jerseys. It's almost basically saying, here, everybody, it's like the art contest at school where you can design something and they're going to use that and you can go wild with it. Hornets decided not to. I really like the Buzz City jerseys that they've used in the past. I even don't mind the color gray. I mean, yeah, you could go a different color to just to be a little bit more wild, but just the design is not there. The honeycomb down the side is the most intricate part about that jersey, and it's just not nearly enough. I would have liked to have seen something a little bit flashier. That's why I don't mind people that swing for the fences and possibly miss, but they miss by it going way foul rather than just bunting for and and hitting a single, right? Like, I'm, I'm cool with them swinging for the fences. Hornets clearly didn't do that. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why Jordan Brand wants to associate themselves with boring. 
I mean, they keep hitting these singles, and people keep saying, I mean, all it feels like both with the All Star jerseys and some of these Charlotte jerseys, it just keeps like over and over. We're like, wait a minute, what, what what's bold about this? What's and I agree with you. Like, I'm not a fan of those Pacers jerseys, but I would rather a team try. I would rather mm-hmm. them try to do something bold. It's what made this Charlotte franchise so interesting when they first hit the scene all the way back in 88-89 in is that they they continued to push the envelope. Oh, purple and teal, those aren't jersey colors. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, you can't put a honeycomb on the court. Oh, yes, you can. Like th- Those are the kind of things that they thought of back then. And since, we just haven't had that kind of innovation. And I don't know if it's fear I don't know what is 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 causing uh, this to happen, um, but they're not pushing the envelope anymore. They're not, uh, and I, and I don't understand it. It it baffles the mind that they wouldn't want to do something a little different. You're right. This is sports. This is entertainment. This is supposed to be fun. Like this jersey to me looks like a work uniform. Like you're going to deliver milk. You're going to deliver. I don't know. It just looks like a delivery <laughs> uniform. Like, right. I don't get it. it Milk, I mean, huh? honestly, no, th- okay. that's what I'm saying. I'm not angry. I'm honestly sad. I'm disappointed that this mm-hmm. is what we have to talk about. I would love to talk about these jerseys. I would love to say something interesting about them, but I can't. I mean, they they are assaulting me. They are assaulting me with their mediocrity. They are hurting me with how boring and bland they are. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA listening on the go. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Again, that's LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. In case you missed it, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We often like to look back at the NBA draft and praise our successes and kind of ignore the misses that we had. I'm not going to do that here. And look, it's not a miss, but I really like DeAndre Ayton being the number one selection a couple of years ago. And I and did not. No, you did not. And you are, I mean, usually you're not really one to pat yourself on the back. Usually you allow others to do that for you as you demonstrated right there. I'm very good. I'm very good at credit. that. I'm very good at letting yeah. other people praise me. I'm also very good yeah. at praising myself. I I, te- yeah. I think I'm very versatile in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're versatile in the way of praising yourself, mm-hmm. maybe not critiquing yourself, but praising yourself. That is your role. I will give you yeah, credit Yeah, you're right. Here. If I have you one did. weakness, it's it's being wrong. You're That's correct. Cri- <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. I think not? Luka Doncic has been... The be- I mean, he's he's been incredible watching how young he is dominate the NBA the way that he is putting up triple double stats. We all saw mm-hmm. the stat that he had 
35 point triple double in 25 minutes. It's the only time that kind of stat line has been put up that quickly. And there's DeAndre Ayton, who I still think is very good. Like, I think people are going way overboard on that. DeAndre Ayton is is not good. What was it? Sports Illustrated put out something like, should we be worried about him or is he a bust already? Or it was it was some wild headline that Sports Illustrated put out and they got trash for it and they should have. Um, on I don't Twitter. know. DeAndre- okay, we can argue about this all day. Hey, DeAndre Ayton being a bust, please. But Luca has clearly been the best selection of that draft class. And we tried to make Trey Young a thing in the second half of the season last year, right? Like we tried to pin those two against each other when clearly it was Luka Doncic playing so much better. Well, and uh, I've been it, saying that for a long time. I mean, I, I don't think it's about DeAndre Ayton. I think it's about Trey Young. And I, I've said like Trey Young is going to be a fantastic player. He might even change the game and, and just in how deep these threes he's shooting. He might further extend the, and maybe even officially further extend the three-point line at some point for the NBA. But Luca, I knew it. Luca is, is playing the game in a way that says to me, generational superstar. And now he's starting to show it. I think if there's one thing I learned from me missing, me taking DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic, and I remember Nikias talking about this. You can find, I think he's on Twitter at Nikias NBA. At, he talked about wanting to select Luca because he is a guard. And guards control the basketball a lot more, therefore have more potential to change the way a game is played. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can counter with a Nikola Jokic and the offense running through him. Maybe you can counter with Rudy Gobert, who's offensively efficient and also change the way that the game is played defensively. If you wanted to go and beat like there are big guys that can certainly alter the game in a huge way. That's not my argument, but I would imagine that most people think because the basketball is in the hands of your point guard slash backcourt player so much more often where the big guys really have to rely on getting fed the ball rather than Luca being able to go coast to coast if he wants to set up a play if he wants to. I think you just have to start favoring some of the guards in that scenario. And I just watched DeAndre Ayton at Arizona become a beast and defensively, I know there were problems, but even Zach Lowe was discussing that you watch him in the first game that he played, I think, this season, how much better he got defensively, where he was really bad to becoming just kind of bad, right? And I and giving him credit to improve to that kind of level. Luka Doncic has been insane, and I think selecting a guard is probably just better overall if you're going to have to split hairs between a really good guard and a really good center. Or select a big that can pass. I mean, that's why the offense runs through Jokic because he can make plays for other people. And and listen, the bigs throughout the NBA's history have had to have the ball fed to them. Uh, they mm-hmm. just they just could make plays after that. And Jokic has to have the same thing, too. I mean, yeah, you're right about his passing, but he's got to get the ball. Yeah, they have to, to be facilitated, too. But at, mm-hmm. at, but at a certain point... Uh, you know, you have to be able to to put the ball back out and to and and to knock down three. So, um, you know, I, I don't even think the offense really technically runs through Embiid in Philadelphia. I don't know who it runs through right now. I think they have to figure that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. In case you missed it, I love this tweet from at Omagus. You know what NBA stat doesn't get enough respect? The fact that Muggsy Bogues had 39 blocks in his career. Amazing. Five three Muggsy Bogues actually managed. 39 blocks in his illustrious career. Uh, Bogues also had 100-plus steals for eight straight seasons beginning with his rookie year, which is pretty incredible. I think Kimba's only had 100-plus 
three or four times in his career so far, and I don't know if he's ever done it in consecutive seasons. I'd have to go take a look, but I don't think so. So Muggsy, no, it's an inc- the goat. It is an insane stat. 5-3 Muggsy Bogues. And it reminds me of another in case you missed it. Did you see Darnell Rogers from UMBC, Doug? The 5-2 basketball player. The 5-2 shorter than Muggsy Bogues. Darnell Rogers coming in at a whopping 150 pounds, playing LSU and getting buckets against the Tigers. I don't know exactly what day it was, but it was earlier this week. And the guy played well against a Division I basketball team at a Power 5 conference. I'm trying to pull up his game log right now. But I know he had a three-pointer that he hit. He got to the paint, was hitting some reverse layups, hit one high off the glass. I, it was, it, it's insane to watch those little guys play basketball. I, you don't see that so often. We know about Earl Boykins. We know about Spud Webb. But have Muggsy go 5-3 and then have this guy come in at 5-2 going to work against LSU. Man, those highlights are a lot of fun. Yeah, not often that you find a guard uh, that can perfectly put a pass in the shot pocket and also fit into your pocket. So that's correct. By the way, Spud Webb had 111 blocks in his career. So he was able, he was 5'6", though. He had a few inches there and he could jump really well. Yeah, I think the jumping ability is something that you would that you would point to. Hey, Walker, in case you missed it, I don't know if you've seen this lately, but Bismack Biombo got to give some shout-outs to my guy Biz. He has been playing really well this season. Well, I'll say relatively well, uh, considering some of his past issues with being able to catch the ball and make plays inside without turning it over. Uh, right now, his usage, according to Clean the Glass, stands at 18%. That would be a career high by a significant margin. And his points-per-shot attempt is at 123. Again, that would be a career high by somewhat of a significant margin, the highest since 13 and 14 when he was with uh, the Hornets as a as a backup center to Al Jefferson. Um, so Bismack Biamba right now finishing well at the rim. He's got a little bit of a putback game. Devontae Graham, he's worked well at times with him. At other times, it hasn't worked out. You're getting the good and the bad with Bismack Biambo, but so far this season, more good than bad. Are we going to get duped by this again? Because I felt like we gave uh, some praise to Bismack last year, right? Wasn't there kind of a stretch where Bismack was playing somewhat okay and then it turned out to be pretty bad basketball? Um, No, I'm with you. Well, he's not turning it over. I mean, that's the huge thing. Right now, his turnover percentage is at 10.8%. That puts him among bigs in the NBA. It puts him in the 80th percentile. And it's down from 16.5%. I mean, that's a huge problem with Biz. Like, you put the ball in his hands, you don't know if he's going to fumble it away or have it stripped away as he goes up. But so far this season, he's prevented some of those plays from happening. I mean, it's just been, you know, the margin of error has shrunk for Bismack Biombo, and that's been a good thing so far. I mean, he's come off the bench, and I think he almost had a double-double the other night um, against the the Knicks, I believe. So, I mean, you know, he's putting together performances, and it's, you know, they've needed it. I, I mean, they don't have much in the center rotation. The big rotation for this team is really thin, and Biz so far has not been a disaster. Yeah, among the things that Baby Yoda Devontae Graham has done is he has created an ability for Bismack to catch the basketball. And perhaps there's no greater skill in the universe than allowing Bismack to 
be able to catch a basketball. Baby Yoda, four blocks in a season or in his career so far. So he's got a ways to go before he catches Muggsy, but he's on the way. Yeah, I think he's on the way. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. We'll talk to you next week.